Hello and welcome to the planet today. It is Monday, January 9th, 2023. Here on TPT, we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy every Friday with bonus interviews on Monday and a shorter episode on the first Monday of each month. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here with producer and co-host Nick Janusa. Nick, how goes it? Matt, it goes pretty well over here, my dude, getting to the swing of things, new year, new me, you know. Got the whole uh, membership going. Um, I'm just kidding. I've already had a gym membership, but uh, not to brag. I have Flex. sick. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. I think it's weird to have your entire like life change in the new year. I think that's kind of ridiculous. So I, I don't try and go too crazy, but I think it is good to at least write down like a list of goals. Yeah, I do something very modest. Last year was read more and play more video games. I did that this year. It's uh, drink more tea. I love loose leaf tea. Oh, yeah. I, I used nice. to be like a once a week loose leaf guy, but I'm, I'm trying to make it more of a ritual. Nice, so dude. We'll see. We'll check back in in like 25 weeks at our mid-year review. Yeah, we usually have a mid-year tea checkup anyway, so <laughs> that'll be perfect for that. Yeah, we'll just add it to the log. <laughs> yeah. All right, today is our first Monday mini-sode of the year. I'm excited. Shorter, fun episode. Two stories for you. Let's get into it. We have a quick word from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. We have two stories for today's show. The first one is by Mary Hoff of Encia, who writes, Harvesting Human Pea and DIY Fertilizer, Top Conservation Issues in 2023. Published in The Guardian. All right, this article is really cool. It is something that I think if you're interested in what we're about to talk about, you should go read the whole article because we're really not going to dive into the specifics of each one because it would take a really long time and this is a shorter episode. So what this article does is it lists what it seems like people who care about conservation should be paying attention to this year. A group of scientists and conservationists came up with 15 issues that fall into the categories of resource use, disturbance of organisms and habitats, technological innovations, and policy and law. Nearly half of the topics they came up with have a connection to climate change. So we're going to talk about each one of those briefly here. Rather than basically read the article back to you, we'll list off the different issues and then talk about some of our favorites. So the first one is chitin, which is a complex molecule found in shellfish, insects, and fungi that can be broken down into new chemicals. This can be useful for alternatives to plastics, new drugs, battery tech, and more. Number two is conserving lithium. Demand for lithium is on the rise with the push to electrify more things. This means more things requiring batteries. Some conservationists are looking for ways to make sure that this material does not lead to more environmental harm. 
And third is the bio-based batteries. So new battery technology that can be made from organic compounds could reduce the environmental impact of battery production. Number four, here's where we get a little, little interesting. Nitrogen-rich pee. <laughs> Nitrogen from human urine could reduce the need to produce and transport artificial fertilizer, which requires a ton of energy. Speaking of fertilizer, DIY fertilizer is the next topic. This could replace artificial fertilizer, which has a significant fossil fuel usage and pollutes water and air. One way the article mentions to do this would be to plant crops that obtain nitrogen from the bacteria that lives on their roots. Number six is the concern that the water cycle is accelerating, making oceans less able to moderate the changing climate and support the marine ecosystems that live there. Number seven is deep lighting. Fishers who have used lights in deep waters can increase their catch rates, but it could also impact the likelihood of non-target species being captured. Number eight is coastlines. The wetlands around coasts are now threatened by rising ocean waters after decades of being developed by humans. Protecting these wetlands is crucial for the plants and animals that live there and for the coastal communities they protect from storms. Number nine is conserving micro communities. Microbes have been studied and the impacts they have felt from humans has also increased in recent years. By protecting microbes, we can protect our own health and the environment. Number 10, only a couple more. Stay with us. The amphibian trade paired with climate change has made frogs, toads, and the like more likely to spread disease, which can throw off the balance of ecosystems where those animals live. Number 11 is about protecting biodiversity. That's a hot buzzword right now. And the article points out that the financing and accountability for that buzzword need to follow it. So far, this is an encouraging sign for biodiversity. Number 12, combining conservation with machine learning. There is potential to use this tool to help eliminate or lower threats to the environment. One of the examples in the article is minimizing risks to pollinators before a chemical is sprayed rather than just learning on the fly after we spray it. Number 13 is storing heat as energy. Scientists are working on a new type of battery that uses heat to generate electricity. Thermal batteries could eventually become viable enough to work their way into the electrical sector, even if these types of batteries are not efficient yet. Number 14, we've talked about this before, garbage patch paradise. Ocean garbage patches are flourishing with some fish, turtles, and invertebrate communities. Efforts to clean up the oceans now have to consider what happens to these unnatural communities. And number 15 is tree plantations. Some researchers are concerned about the blanket statement of plant more trees. Since these are often monocultures, some believe that they are not as beneficial as we actually thought. We're starting to see an increased push towards diversifying forest plantings to increase biodiversity. All right, so for me, I think the main takeaway from those 15 items we, we just spoke about is that I love the fact that we are developing previous thoughts into something that's that's more updated. So for me, you know, the garbage patch paradise topic I found really interesting because we're starting to learn more as we go about, in this case, cleaning up the oceans. That's a great cause. We need to clean up the oceans. But at this point, humans are so ingrained into the ecosystems that we can't just take out all the garbage because now there are, are fish and turtles and, you know, bacteria that live there. 
we now need to account for what happens to those communities that you know have adopted our mess in a way. And I think that's kind of something you can spread out across the environment as I don't know, like the Anthropocene is the term I'm, I'm thinking of here where we're in this era of time where everything is impacted by humans. Here's one concrete example where we're, we're seeing that in motion. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think my takeaway is like just looking at all at the 15 that were stated here, seven out of the 15, almost half, has to do with, I could argue, has to do with the oceans or water in general. Mm -hmm. So like that is going to be a big talking point this year, how we can harness the energy of the ocean, how we can keep the ecosystems in check and thriving is another one. And how do we clean it up as well? So all those things are big talking points this year and we'll see. Hopefully we get some good news. Yeah. And we'll cover it on the show for sure. That's a really awesome article though. If you want to check it out and dive into any of those topics that we covered there, sound interesting to you. Link is in your show notes as always. Yes, definitely check it out. All right. The next one is from Science Alerts, Carly Casella, who writes, daycares in Finland built a forest and it changed kids' immune systems. So before we get into this one, I just want to say something we're going to get into a little bit later on, but this is a small sample size. This study is not something that's found to have been causal yet, um, but it's a really cool study that we wanted to highlight here on today's TPT. So what this article does is bring up the importance of a healthy ecosystem and how that relates to people. The effects of something like air pollution or carbon emissions on a local community have been well documented, but this is something where we're reading the opposite. By planting mini forests for children to play in, an experiment in Finland found that the diversity of biomes in children's guts and on their skin appeared healthier in only about a month's time. Wow, that's so cool. Some daycare workers in Finland rolled out a lawn and planted some vegetation that can be found in a forest around their playgrounds and found that the children playing there had increased T-cells and other important immune markers. Some of these daycares contained standard urban yards with concrete and gravel, while others took kids out for daily nature time. And four had their yards updated with grass and forest undergrowth. Prior research has shown early exposure to green space is somehow linked to a well-functioning immune system, but it's still not entirely clear whether that relationship is causal or just coincidental. The findings in this experiment do not contain every answer we would need to definitively say that people are healthier when they spend more time in nature. But the findings of this study do support that idea. This study found that for kids who play outside in dirt, grass, and among the trees, the skin's immune de defenses were boosted. Helpful immune secretions in the blood increased, and the content of interleukin-17A, which is linked to immune-transmitted diseases, decreased. Research has also found that spending time in green spaces has been linked to better mental health, including some studies that suggest it can cause positive structural changes to the brains of children. Yeah, and it's important to end this one by saying that this is a small sample size that only found a correlation. This doesn't account for what the kids are doing outside of daycare, but overall this does suggest that spending more time outside is good for kids. Yeah, and I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment, whether it's, you know, for physical, psychological, mental reasons, whatever it is, like people love being outside. You know, there, there's something mm -hmm. for everyone in the outdoors. And that's part of the reason we do this show is because, you know, you and I both grew up playing outside a lot and mm -hmm. it's, it's an important part of, of our upbringings. And, you know, as adults, 
we still go hiking, we still go camping, you know, the outdoors is important yeah. to us. So I love the idea that not only is this good for your psyche, but now we're seeing something where it's it's got real concrete, here's what it is doing to your health and, and it's good things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about the, um, there's like this thing, I don't know, it went like viral a couple years ago, but it was like a brain scan of like a person before they take a walk and then like the person's brain after they take a walk and it's like very small red dot for the person who hasn't taken a walk yet. And then it's like massive like red, like I guess, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's like an we're MRI. Not, we're not like brain scientists. Yeah, I'm not, an M- I'm not like a <laughs> MRI specialist, so I have no idea. Is MRI even the one that they get of your brain? I don't know. Regardless. Go outside, brain good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But regardless, we have, there are effects that nature provides to us that we don't even um, focus on or we're not even aware of. And I was just talking about this yep. with my brother-in-law who just had a kid with my sister. Congrats, guys. Love you. We were just talking about how like, yeah, we want our kids to play outside. Like yeah. that when that day comes, like no iPad, you know, like I don't want to, I don't want my kid to come up on an iPad because. Yeah. It's easy to say that. And then once you have a bunch of kids, whew, that, that iPad seems to be a lifesaver <laughs> sometimes. True. Very true. <laughs> very true. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I was reading something similar. Uh, I, I sent it to Kaylee cause she, she loves birds, but, um, there was a report that I read and it was like, when you're able to hear more songbirds in your day to day or in the morning, there's studies that are showing that it increases your mental health to like hear the effects of nature. Even if you can't see it, just listening to the birds, it it helps people. So, you know, I think this is cool and I hope they do more studies on it to increase that sample size. Because if if this is something that it's going to take for people to say, Hey, we need more green spaces in cities or we need more parks in the suburbs, Mm -hmm. you know, something where people can dedicate time and effort to, to be outside. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. I completely agree. Completely agree. Lastly, we'll close this one out by saying the article ends by saying studies have also shown that kids who spend time outdoors are more likely to want to become environmentalists as adults in a rapidly changing world that's impacted more and more by climate change every day. That is going to be more important than ever. So we're going to close this episode by saying get outside this week. And if you have some kids, bring them with you. A hundred percent agreed. Get outside. Even if it's raining, you'll feel better. Touch grass. <laughs> yeah. Get the, get, take your shoes off in the rain and no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right. That'll <laughs> do it for today's episode of TPT. We will be back on Friday for our weekly show. So today's episode was obviously a shorter one. It is a great one to share with friends to introduce them to TPT and what we're doing here on this podcast. Yes. And we really appreciate the help in advance. If you send it to even one person, we'd appreciate the heck out of you. For The Planet Today, I'm Nick Janusa. And I'm Matt Norton. See you on Friday. Peace.